Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rhea Butcher here, host of Three Swings. I just want to let you all know you're listening to a podcast that I am doing off the top of my head with notes from bench coach Brett. So sometimes I make mistakes vocally, verbally. I say words I wish I wasn't using, things that aren't super offensive but might be kind of offensive, and I'm working towards changing it. So I apologize ahead of time if I make those flubs. I'm working on it, and I leave them in there so that other people can hear how to make those adjustments. Thanks for listening. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even What's up, Threebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? Hello, friends. It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this show, Three Swings, with Rhea Butcher, featuring me, Rhea Butcher. I'm back. Thank you again. I know I say this every time. I'm sorry. Shout out to Paul F. Tompkins. He's probably sick of hearing this, but sorry for the uh, inconsistent release of my podcast. I appreciate everybody uh, still hanging strong with the show. I just dealing with a full-time job and some other stuff. Hey, life gets in the way. You know what I mean? Look, sometimes you can't just go out on the field and play. Sometimes you got a lot of shit you got to take care of in the dugout, and that's what I'm doing. So, I appreciate that. Um, Big, huge news. Three Swings featured within the Apple keynote this week. That was pretty bonkers. I don't watch those things because I there was a time that I used to do that, and that time has passed a long, long time ago. Um, but uh, the podcast art done by my friends and yours, the little friends of printmaking, um, huge fans of their artwork. You may have also seen it in the first episode of the first season of Take My Wife. There's a print right above my head when I'm working my day job at my house. They also made that. While in artist residency at my alma mater, the Myers School of Art, back there at the good old University of Akron. Go Zips. Um, They made the artwork for this show. They came up with so many amazing concepts, and I love this one the most. And then look, here it is, not even a year later, and it's showing up on the newest Apple Watch in the Apple Keynote. What the heck? Shout out to whoever decided to put that on there. Maybe they're a fan of the show. If you are, you're listening right now. Thank you so much for that. It 
was just honestly super cool. I don't know what else to say about it other than it was super cool to see. Um, and yeah, thank you for that. Cause it's just, I don't know. Very cool. Um, so yeah, that was neat. Um, give little friends a, a look. They make so much cool stuff. Like they make enamel pins and you can buy their art and, um, you know, so support people who make art and people who are supporting themselves by making their art. I think that's a powerful thing that we can be doing right now. I think sometimes it's really easy to tell yourself like things like art or, you know, whatever design, like pins, little things like that seem like extravagant and really it's not when you're supporting somebody, an actual human being that you can see as opposed to say, let's say urban outfitters or target or something like that, who regularly steals from artists you're actually like contributing to a culture and uh, an ability for artists to keep making things. And so to me, that's like a, an expression of joy. And then you get to wear that joy around or put it in your house and look at it and think about it. And it makes you feel good. So like, yeah, I get it. Like we don't, everybody's got, we're all tight. There's not a ton of money around and money sucks. It definitely does. Um, but if you've got that little bit of money and you want to, get something for somebody or whatever. I, I think that's a great way to spend it. So anyway, that's what I suggest. Shout out to little friends, shout out to three swings listeners, shout out to Apple little upstart company that could, um, Apple for putting us up during their keynote. Last night I had the pleasure of being interviewed uh, for a website and I won't mention it yet. Cause it's saying, you know, it's being, it's literally being rented written right now so i don't want to you know i don't i don't know how to do these things i'm still just like a weirdo from the midwest but um it was a really fun interview and i i kind of got to put this podcast and what it's been so far this season into uh perspective a little bit um and so i just wanted to take a minute and say thanks to everybody that's listened and thanks to everybody who has like sent me questions or who has tweeted about the show or who has, um, you know, sent links to the show to friends or told people to listen to it. I really appreciate it. It's just been like fun to make. I don't look at numbers. I don't look at any of that stuff. I just kind of wanted to make something like, and this podcast is that like ever since I started doing stand up, ever since I started doing improv, honestly, I have just wanted to make something like this and I finally get to make it. And that's really cool. And I really appreciate it. If it wasn't for people listening to it and enjoying it and also telling me things I could do differently, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to make it. Cause it would just be me sitting in my living room talking, which is what I'm doing right now. But the fact that you're listening to it means that it's something. And so I really appreciate that. I uh, kind of just wanted to make something that I, I don't know. I had a feeling that there were people who wanted not even an alternative, but an alternative or an addition to the sort of typical sports talk radio style podcast and even just an alternative to typical sports media, specifically baseball, obviously, um, because like, I don't know, I found the most insightful information from other people and from myself when I just found people who I liked talking to base, talking about baseball with. And one of those people happened to be Brett, bench coach Brett, when I recorded uh, my teammate Alice Wetterland's uh, Treks in the City podcast. We just like got to talking Dodgers and he was like, let's make a podcast. If you ever want to do it, I think it would be great. And then that's how it started. So like, that's all I've ever really wanted to do is just 
talk about things that I love. And that's really what this podcast is about. It is about baseball, but as you've listened, (laughs) it's about a lot of other things. And so I have just had a great time making it and I want to keep making it. Um, thinking about ideas for the off season. So if you want to send me thoughts, things you'd like to hear me talk about things you'd like to hear me do in the off season, I am totally up for it. Um, something that I was thinking about doing is maybe going through all the baseball movies and sort of turning three swings into a little bit of a movie podcast in the off season. Um, cause I really don't care about trades that much. I mean, I'll talk about it like once and then, okay, let's have it happen. You know, (laughs) I don't really need to go day by day. Who's going where, what's going this? Like, I'm not super into the whole, um, you know, wall street of baseball these days. Not, not a big fan of that part of it. Um, so I also will say that the last couple of weeks, I haven't been watching a ton of baseball. I have been watching ESPN Sunday night baseball pretty regularly all season because it anchors my weekend. It also anchors my Sunday because that's the days that my baseball team plays. So I have this like sort of, you know, it's always kind of on at the same time, five to 7 PM depending. And it's just kind of fun to, even if I dislike parts of it, which is not Jess Mendoza. My favorite part actually is Jess Mendoza. Um, It's nice to have that, that, one baseball broadcast that I know what it's going to sound and look like. And I just, I, I love that. I love that feeling. I love that moment. Um, I know that I can go play my baseball game, come home, get some food started, take a shower, probably take the shower before I start the food, probably take my dog out before I take the shower. You understand going backwards from this. Um, and then I can sit down and watch a game and it's going to be a fun matchup and it's going to have the same, you know, Buster Olney's going to drive me crazy in the stands. And that's how my Sunday is going to wrap up. And it's just a fun feeling. You know, I, I just, I really love that about it. And speaking of my baseball team, I, um, I have had like a complete change in a, a ton of perspective in my own life and have, uh, I'll get into maybe the, the process of that later, but I did, this is going to sound like the most Los Angeles thing of all time and take it the way you want, but hey, you know me from this podcast, so maybe put it in that context. I started meditating and I I have this uh, impulse to say, who knows if I'm good at it, but that's a very Western way of looking at meditation, like not being good at it is kind of the point of meditation. And so I'm doing it in small increments. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going a hundred percent one direction. Um, but just doing it has really brought me into a new place and on a new path. And I kind of brought it into my game last Sunday, which was a big game because we were playing the first place team. We're essentially tied for first place. They've just played more games than us They're And, and they're very good. I like them a lot. Um, one of the best pitchers in the league we were facing and I, I decided to just take a completely new approach mentally and honestly emotionally to the game because I definitely have a temper in the game. And the temper is many different levels and many different reasons. And I just decided to go like, yeah, it's a big game, but like also 
I'm super lucky that I get to do this with my time. I'm super lucky that I am 36 years old (laughs) and I get to go on a Sunday and spend six hours probably playing baseball, doing something that literally does not matter at all. The only amount that it matters is how much I want it to matter. That's it. So I went in with a completely new perspective and I tried to take the sort of breathing from meditation and apply it to the game. And what I did was I matched my breathing to fill my pitcher, my wonderful, wonderful pitcher, wonderful pitcher and human being. And so I would breathe in when he would set for his windup and I would breathe out on the pitch. And so when it was either hit, struck or fouled off or whatever, I was in a moment of kind of neutrality And so I wasn't, my breathing was timed and it was just this repetition of breathing and I was able to keep, because I get, I can get very nervous during games and have like some anxiety and some panic attacks and stuff. And when it would start to come in, because it would still come in when I was at bat or anything, I would just like touch my chest and start breathing again and really calm down. And I had this moment, I was playing second base as usual where one of their best hitters, left-handed hitter, fouled the ball off to the uh, first base side, and I had it. I tracked it immediately. The sun was killer the whole game. Like, the outfield, everybody was having a hard time with balls in the air. And so I had it. I was like, you got this. Dead sprint from second base all the way to the foul uh, fence. And the moment I had to look up and and see there it is where to put my glove it was in the sun and so I lost it right at the last second I slid under it tried to get it missed it got up wasn't angry and then when I got up and started walking back to second base I wasn't out of breath and I am telling you I was on a dead sprint like I just took off and I wasn't out of breath and it was one of the most amazing physical experiences I've ever had and then within that game at bat, like I usually, I, I get very in my head at bat and I've been having a difficult time this season hitting. And again, this guy's one of the best pitchers in the league. Excuse me. And so I just took a completely different approach. I knew that he was going to take some off for me for whatever reason. He was he doesn't throw as hard to me. And so I was like, all right, he's not throwing as hard to you. He's right-handed. Watch the ball the whole time. And I mean the whole time. It Okay, it's in his hand. It's in his glove. There it is. There it is. And I got an RBI single. I got a perfect, like the hit that I needed was the hit that I got. And so then when I came, I scored. I came around to score. When I came in, I talked to my friend. And he had given me some batting tips. Because I think I maybe fouled out. I'm not sure. I can't remember everything. But the the great thing was overall in the game, I didn't strike out at all. I fouled out, lined out, flew out. But I didn't strike out at all. I put the ball in play every at-bat. I made solid contact every at-bat. He was like, my friend was like, focus on your top top hand strength. And so I did. And then I didn't drop my shoulder. I stayed in on the ball. I kept my eye on the ball. And I kept my head in. And I got a bunch of hits. I mean, I... I, str- I they got caught, but I hit the ball, and that's a great feeling. So when I came back in, I told my friend, I was like, yeah, he's taking some off for me, so now I'm curious if he's going to not do that next time around. And he goes, don't take it personal. And I was like, I'm not, actually. I just mean I know what he's going to do now. And I completely changed my perspective because I've been playing it long enough. 
I'm letting go of that old feeling from like, honestly, random guys that I've never seen again who don't play in my league that have made me feel inferior because X, Y, Z. And so then I had this, what was a great game. We had a great, it was a great game. Both sides played so hard. Uh, my friend Colin, who gave me those tips, came in to relieve uh, Phil, who pitched almost a complete game. It was, we were up, I think, 10 to 8, either 10 to 8 or 9 to 7. Two batters got on, and then their best hitter came up with two outs. I mean, it was like the most, you couldn't write a better scenario for the end of a baseball game, right? We're visitors, so we have to, you know, it's like they could walk it off. So their best hitter comes up. Colin comes up with a great approach to pitching. He knows this guy wants to hit. He knows this guy doesn't want to walk. Throws him a bunch of junk. Gets a full count and then throws as hard as he possibly can. High fastball. Strikes him out. It was so amazing. It was the best feeling. It was like a real baseball game because it was. It was so great. It was so, so great. Um, Some solid base running from his brother, Sean. Some really great defense from basically everybody. I didn't play super great on defense, but I was there with my bat, and I was there in the field and trying. So moral support and shit, you know? Um, That's what I decided to do. When I made mistakes, instead of getting angry and throwing a fit, I just took, you know, I said, sorry, dudes. And then I was supportive of all their other shit. Um, Colin made a great play at shortstop before he pitched which we both kind of went for the ball and he called me off and then I ducked in front of him and he threw it through the three hole of the runner who had to go back to first and the, our first baseman caught the ball. It was, it was a great game. It was honestly just like a really great game. It was so wonderful. So we've got one ad this week. I'm going to get it out of the way right now and then we'll be back with some MLB stuff right after this. Guess what? It's that time again. I'm going to talk to you about my favorite underwear, Tomboy X. They just updated their basics fabrics, and I love it a lot. It's somewhere in between cotton and the micro modal, a little bit cheaper than the micro modal if you don't want to go full luxury. Very, very comfy. I like it a lot. Super light. Fits well under selvage denim if you're tough like me and like to wear that. So it is time. To stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Underwear that has more frills than function. Some underwear that your mom got to fem you up. You don't want to wear that. You want to wear underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. They make bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts. Soft bras, racerback bras. They're all in everyday colors. Basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. And all options, as you know, come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. So go to TomboyX.com slash baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And three swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, that's code baseball for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball. Before we get back into some MLB stuff, I do want to say just realizing... Uh, speaking of uh, changing your mind, I want to give a shout out to Justine Siegel, my friend, baseball for all, leader, founder. I said, I sent her a text. I was like, hey, can you help me hit? And she goes, you already know how to hit. And that completely changed my perspective. 
And then I went and had that game and I hit the damn ball and I was like, guess what? You were right. And she was like, I know. <laughs> so get yourself a Justine in your life. Find yourself someone. And if you can't find someone, be that someone for yourself. I know it's hard. It is a tall order. I do not think that it isn't. So don't think that I'm here saying, yeah, just be nice to yourself. That's kind of the whole thing, isn't it? That's what we're all trying to do. Just be nice to ourselves. It is really fucking hard. And you know what? I'm going to drop an F-bomb there because I'm going to earn the explicit tag that we have on this podcast. And I'm going to say it right there. It's fucking hard, man. It is fucking hard to be nice to yourself. But good Lord, it is... I I have thought so many times, these are dark times. I read a book the other day that, hey, it's a Buddhist philosophy book. It's by Pima Kadron. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm probably not. I apologize. I've only read it. I'm like, Marge, run like the wind. <laughs> run like the wind. I've only read it once. This book called When Things Fall Apart has really helped me. I read it all in one sitting, which I recommend you do if you get it. It's about when things are hard for difficult times. And throughout the book, she says, we are in dark times. It feels like it's never going to end. And I kept reading that and thinking about how bad everything is in this country. And then I went and I looked back at the copyright and it was 1997. So that leads me to believe that there are always dark times. It is always bad. It is always difficult. That is very true. I have never not thought that. But to really think that and realize that while things feel very, very bad and very, very difficult and maybe insurmountable, that must also mean that there is still joy and happiness and good things happening in the world. We are still loving each other. We are still walking around. We are still growing flowers. There are still animals buzzing around. They have no idea how bad it is. They are just living their lives. So that's kind of the only thing that we can do is try to put some joy into the world. I realized that I was spending a lot of time in outrage and I think, you know, it was maybe helpful to me a little bit and maybe helpful to other people to know that they're not alone and that anger is real and all this stuff is happening. But at the same time, if that's the only thing I'm doing, that's the only thing I'm doing. So, I, yeah, it, it it's hard to to divorce yourself from what's going on and feel like, oh, I don't deserve to feel happy when, I, I don't know, police are murdering people in their own homes. But we have to spend time in the good we have to there has to be good because if there isn't good what is any of this so i guess i'm going to talk about baseball now um try to put some good back in the world if only for yourself it sounds selfish but you can't survive on anger and hate alone because if we're being outraged by all of this stuff and hating it then we're hating it too so we have to try to take care of ourselves i've really begun to have a new understanding about self-care it's not just face masks and netflix like it's actually going like there's good in the world there's happiness in the world and i'm gonna put it there so that's what i'm trying to do now i want to take a moment because this isn't in my notes and i didn't take notes on it and that's okay so i'm going to speak from experience i watched as many games as i possibly could of the World Baseball Women's Baseball Cup. Um, I know a lot of you did because you were te- tweeting, texting me about it, <laughs> tweeting me about it. Um, I watched it on YouTube. I got to see my friends in the background, Maybell Blair and Shirley Berkovich, two former All-American Girls Professional Baseball League stars who just had their reunion 
Last weekend in Kansas City, 75th anniversary of the beginning of the American Girls, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Also, my pal Munish Jane was there. Great friend. Love that dude. He's wonderful. Look him up. Just He's just like living baseball, basically. So follow him on Twitter and on Instagram because he's doing great work um, in baseball, women's baseball, all of it. He's just a wonderful person. So again, putting some joy out into the world. Um, I got to see some really wonderful baseball being played. Um, it was just great. Japan kicked ass. So did Taiwan kicked some major ass. It was really fun to watch them and it was really fun. This is going to sound wild, but really fun to watch them lose to Japan because they were just like kind of so stoked to be there and to play with Japan. The amount of respect that both of those teams had for each other. I like, We'll think about that for the rest of my life. And seeing those girls on the dugout, on the top of the dugout, watching them at the end, I just, come on now, you know? Ugh, it was really wonderful. Um, And I, yes, I just, watching these women play baseball was absolutely one of the greatest experiences of my life. I wish I could have gone down to Florida and seen it in person. Um, I hope to go wherever it is in the next, in two years. I don't care where it is. I'm going to try to go, go see some baseball. Um, and shout out to Anna Kimbrell, Stacy Piagno, Jade at shortstop. Again, this is all from my brain. So Ashton, that Ashton is uh, one of uh, Justine's kids. Came up through Baseball for All. So did Anna Kimbrell behind the plate. So did, um, oh my God, now I can't, I didn't write anything down. Okay, here's what it is. I'm going to flip this. Since I don't have all the information stored up in my brain, which I do, it's just not coming to me because it's 1020 in the morning. I've had a lot to do. I did meditate, so I feel very solid. You all who are listening right now, everybody listening right now is going to go look up the U.S. Women's National Team roster. And if you have access to a printer, you're going to print it out. And I want you to put it in your cubicle or your workspace. And I want you to look at those names and I want you to follow those names along with me. That's what you're going to do. We're going to follow their careers, their baseball slash softball careers, because a lot of them are in college and they play softball so that they can get go to college. And that is why I respect softball. I know that I talk shit about it. It's not that I talk shit about softball and the people who play it. I talk shit about the fact that it is used as a tool against gender equality in baseball. So that's what I want you to do. And then I want you to, if you've got the time, look up the rosters to the other uh, countries' teams. And I want you to keep these people in mind. Let's all follow them. Let's all do it. Because the MLB isn't doing it for us. There's no media covering it. This is honestly kind of the only media covering it. You've got uh, Brittany on Brittany Creata. Uh, sorry, Brittany. Sorry. You've got uh, Kelly Wallace, Mary Craig. We've got Jen Ramos. Anybody I'm forgetting, I apologize. Follow and sign up for Expanded Roster. I meant to say that up top. So it's coming in now. Get on Expanded Roster. They do cover MLB, but they cover uh, cover other stuff. And if you can, uh, you know, send them a couple bucks because they're doing something really cool. Basically doing like the uh, written 
blog version of the concept of what I was trying to get done here with Three Swings. Some different voices talking about the stuff we love. Speaking of stuff we love, forgot to mention this. I um, got to go see Jason Isbell in the 400 unit at the Greek. And not only did I get to see Jason Isbell in the 400 unit at the Greek, which was fucking amazing. Again, earning that explicit tag. I highly recommend going to see them um, if they come even remotely near you. Great show. Really great show. I got to see my friend, Amy Mann, open for him, which was wonderful. Because not only was Amy Mann there, my friend Jonathan Colton was there. And so was my friend Mary Kobayashi playing fiddle for them. So also, if uh, Amy is touring anywhere near you, please go see her because holy shit. Obviously, she's Amy Mann. So (laughs) go see her. All right. Now we're going to get into Major League Baseball. That old thing. And I think I might just be doing that and then we'll be out of here. Um, Let's see. So bench coach Brett. Send me, sent me some notes as usual. He wants me to talk about the playoff previews. The last two weeks have featured several series that could possibly predict playoff matchups. Last weekend, the Astros took two out of three from the Red Sox in Boston, and the Red Sox just barely won the final game on a Mitch Moreland walk-off single, which was questionable given that Jose Altuve was probably safe. Here's the thing, Josh Reddick. I know you're tweeting afterwards. The thing about the review is that there has to be overwhelming evidence. And I guess there wasn't. I mean, this is one of those ones, look, I'm biased against the Astros too, so of course I'm going to whatever. I think, however, in the weeks since, the Red Sox have made some adjustments, and I don't know if they played that series today, it would go the same. So I would love to see that matchup happen again. That's I would love to see that. We also, Cleveland also took the series from Boston as well. So I think they were having a bad couple of weeks. Chris Sales coming back. He was wonky. That makes that takes a huge toll on the morale of a team when your ace is out and questionable in any way. Whether they're like, yeah, no, he's going to be fine. That's still questionable because he's not pitching. Speaking of pitching, I would also mention that uh, Corey Kluber was knocked out of the in the second. I think he pitched one in the third innings against the Tampa Bay Rays. He did not look like Corey Kluber at all. He has not taken a DL stint this year. And to me, as someone who does follow Cleveland to certain extents, um, that is troubling for the postseason. Because if you remember last year, he was out midseason for a bunch. He has back problems. We, nobody talks about it because they don't want anybody to know, but he's got back problems. And if his back is flaring up right now, that means he's going to be on the DL going into the postseason and then popping up in the postseason immediately off of the DL, which for back issues, as you can see with somebody like Carlos Correa, is not good because you kind of never know when the back issues are done. And they you could come off the DL, throw a bad pitch, and just be done again. So... It's good that they've scratched his second start, not only for the health of the Cleveland team, but for the health of my Final Final Fantasy. What am I talking about? A PlayStation game that I never played, that I played one time and was like, why are they talking so much? No. For my fantasy baseball team, it's very good because I somehow squeaked my way into the playoffs with 
like zero stars, except I do have Blake Snell, who is definitely up for the AL Cy Young this year. He almost no hit Cleveland. He just made one mistake and Jose Ramirez hit that one mistake out of the stadium almost. Um, so I have Blake Snell and I just have, see, this is, this is a good approach. Well, not a good because it will stress you out the entire time. But if you make huge mistakes drafting like I did and you don't pick up like really any huge stars, here's the thing. You find those second tier, third tier, fourth tier guys who all of a sudden start producing like somebody like Max Muncy. And then that is not the best example because it's sort of reared its ugly head, which is that now he's platooning with David Freeze all of a sudden. What? I don't know what the Dodgers are doing. We'll get back to that in a minute. He's carried me through this whole season, had a tremendous season. Now all of a sudden he's being sat. But other people like Blake Snell or, uh, I mean, he's pretty, pretty much the anchor of my rotation. And then... Like Carlos Correa, I drafted. He is, I would drop him if I could, but I made him an undroppable player, and so now I can't drop him. Um, but yeah, just like matchups every week, people that are hitting well. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are on like a crazy hot streak right now. I could just pick those guys up and maybe make it through the playoffs because they're not they're not being sat in the f- fantasy playoffs. They're playing because they have nothing to get to, so you might as well just get their numbers up. But these other teams with postseason aces those guys aren't pitching or they're pitching limited amounts very limited uh, four innings or less and so that's not super productive in these weeks but I've got Blake Snell pitching almost a complete game because why not he wants to win his 19th game so it's kind of a wild strategy and it will give you ulcers for most of the season but if you can stay in four, fifth and fourth position for the season and then all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks make the right picks you can get in there like I did and if I can make it out of this round right now it doesn't look like I'm going to but you never know Mike Miner might have a great game next game let's see if Derek Rodriguez pitches a great game I'm up against uh Herman Marquez and uh um uh, oh shit, I don't know the other pitcher that I'm up against. Another good pitcher. Let's see, I'll look it up right now while you're listening. We're only 12.5 points apart. We each have two pitcher starts remaining. Oh yeah, Mike Clevenger against Detroit. But you never know. Detroit's having a little bit of fun. I've got Derek Rodriguez against Colorado and I've got Mike Miner against San Diego. You never, ever know. You never know. I could still maybe do it. So back to the playoff previews. Last week, the A's took two out of three from the Yankees in Oakland. I got to say, the Yankees not looking so good. They are not looking so good. In terms of, they just look shook up. I don't think Aaron Judge is coming back this season. And I think that has affected them deeply. So I think that the A's, I think it's the A's and the Yankees in the wild card matchup. I think the A's take it. That's It's a bold prediction. I think the A's take it. I think if the Red Sox and the Astros end up matched up, I think I think the Red Sox take it. I do. Um, that's what I've learned from any these series. I mean, the Cubs and the Brewers are neck and neck, and they are fighting tooth and nail for the Central right now. And the NL West is super exciting. I was watching just some... My TV shows that I really love, some American Pickers to feel good and 
whatever just feel happy about things it literally about things and i was like i should check this colorado game i turned it on for the pitch that dj lemayhew walked the game off on it was look i'm i'm a dodger fan but also like i care i just love baseball and that was a amazing thing to see I, he hit that thing i was like it's out of there so the rockies are really exciting right now i'm happy for them like truly this is how much i'm not a born and bred Dodger fan that I can actually say that. But I also am just trying to be very Zen about baseball. I love all of it. I'm sad that the Phillies are fading. They're fading really fast and I, I'm sad about it, but Hey, I'm sorry. There's always next year. The Bravos. Hey, that's what I'm going to start calling them. Cause they have a nickname. And I just realized that the other day I can call them the Bravos. And if anybody has a problem with that, let me know. And we'll, I'll consider it. Um, so the Bravos looking like they're going to take it in the East. And then the wild card is looking like St. Louis and either the Cubs or the Brewers. Unless the Dodgers turn it around, and I don't think they will, because Dave Roberts... I Look, I've tried for years to not be shitty about Dave Roberts because there are so few managers of color in the game of Major League Baseball. But at this point, I am doing him a disservice based on the color of his skin by saying nothing about how bad he is as a manager. I think he's a bad manager. He is not good at managing. I do not like the way he manages. He over manages and they were not in some position right now to be trying everybody out, trying all this shit out. Like they need to win baseball games right now. They do. They, they do not have a wild card spot. They do not. They are, they're probably not going to win the NL West and they are looking at a wild card spot right now. So that is what they need to focus on winning, not getting David freeze platoon time. They need to win baseball games. And I don't know that he realizes that I'm unsure because to be totally honest, I'm unsure if he realized that in the world series, because if everyone could remember Yasmani Grandal, one of the best, if not the best, hitting catchers in baseball last year, if not just one of the best hitters on their team, did not get a single at-bat in the World Series. So that was a huge problem. Um, I am excited about the postseason, and I honestly, it could be so many matchups. There's a part of me that thinks it's going to be a Chicago-Cleveland rematch again. And it would be super exciting. Speaking of Cleveland, both Andrew Miller and Josh Donaldson joined Cleveland's active roster this week for the stretch run. Miller has been on the DL three times this year. Donaldson has been on the DL since late May and was acquired by Cleveland August 30th. How much do Miller and Donaldson help Cleveland? I think Miller helps tremendously. Cleveland went from having the best bullpen in baseball to, like, the worst. It is limping along. Dan Otero showing up. Everybody else, Brad Hand is... Sometimes super dominant, and then sometimes, like, what is he doing? Cody Allen? I don't know. So they definitely need Andrew Miller, at least his presence in the bullpen. You know? Like, it just, he, it's not looking good. Trevor Bauer should also be good to go for the playoffs after being put on the 10-day DL for a stress fracture. If Corey Kluber is having back problems like I think he is, Trevor Bauer coming back and returning to form would be huge for Cleveland because in the World Series two years ago, the loss of his pitching, just as a, just as a decent pitcher, was 
a big part of why we lost the World Series. So having him come back would be a big deal, especially with the loss of Corey Kluber. Cleveland has been an outlier in the AL pennant discussions. They would be in third place in their division if they were in the AL East or West, but which is which is why they're an outlier and which is why they have such a hard time in the playoffs. They play so well in a barely competitive division that all of a sudden they get in the postseason they're like, oh shit, we have to play now. But assuming they enter the playoffs, the healthiest they've been all year, do they have upset potential? I believe so. However, their pitching, which is usually not the problem, is the problem this year. So I'm unsure. So there's a Donaldson trade controversy. Controversy. I don't know how much I give a shit about this, but I'll talk about it anyway. The Yankees and Red Sox are unhappy with Cleveland's trade for Josh Donaldson and have voiced their displeasure to the MLB front office. The crux of the complaint was the health of Donaldson. He has not played a big league game since May 28th because of a strained left calf, but the Blue Jays put him on revocable waivers on August 29th. MLB rules say a player must be healthy when he's placed on revocable waivers. After Cleveland competed, completed the trade, they placed him on the 10-day disabled list on September 2nd, citing his strained left calf. Reportedly, teams interested in trading for Donaldson were contacted by MLB and received what amounted to a buyer beware warning when he was on waivers. I'm not sure how I'd characterize it, said Cleveland President of Baseball Operations Chris Antonetti when asked about the MLB's message. But I think that's always the case with a trade. When you trade for a player, you bear the risk of assuming the medical condition of that player. That's why there's a process in place that allowed teams to exchange medical information and work forward from there. Of course, if any team really wanted Donaldson and wanted to keep Cleveland from getting him, they could have claimed him on waivers. No one did, including Cleveland, because of his health concerns and the estimated $4 million left on his contract. This is an amazing amount of information that I'm reading about one player, given that I had to construct from my own mind and memory the lineup to the women's U.S. national baseball team. I just want to take a moment and point out how much information there is on these men and how little there is on those women. And what I'm going to do next week is devote the entire episode to those players. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about them and their history, their connections, their stats, their their um, milestones, and how well they did in the in the in the uh, World Cup. That's what we're going to do next week. That is what we're going to do next week. I don't give a shit about the postseason. That's what we're going to do next week. That's what we're talking about. So, Toronto certified that he was healthy, said Antonetti. Major League Baseball agreed with that assessment. Obviously, we and other teams actively tried to negotiate a trade, and we obviously did that. What do I think? Did Cleveland play fast and lose with the rules here? Absolutely. They love to do that. Should the MLB have intervened? Or is this just two entitled teams that are upset by getting their way, not getting their way, uh, that they were outmaneuvered? Yes, that's exactly what happened. I also think it's pretty bonkers that they're mad that Cleveland got a hurt dude. He is, Cleveland just stacked all their, all the people they got with the exception of Brad Hand are all like veterans, old veterans. Cleveland doesn't trade. They love to get old veterans. That's their favorite thing. Do the Yankees really need a, a third baseman with a calf problem that's kept him out of baseball since May? You have potentially the rookie of the year in your third baseman, and you're going to bitch about this? Come on. It's ridiculous. So the last thing I'm going to talk about 
is the World Series matchups out of the teams in playoff contention right now. Pick your World Series matchups for the following categories. Feel free to send these to me. I'd love to hear yours. The most likely matchup, I would say, is the Astros and, wow, it's, it's a, the NL is a toughie. Braves. Bravos. Damn it. God damn it. That's my most likely. Uh, Yeah, I feel good about that. Mo- second most likely, Red Sox, Rockies. Okay, most intriguing matchup. I would say my most intriguing matchup would be the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Oakland Athletics. Talk amongst yourselves on that one. No thanks, I'll just rewatch the WNBA Finals matchup. That would probably be the Brewers versus the Yankees. And I would be cheering for the Brewers <laughs> in that one. But honestly, like, no thanks. I'll just rewatch the WNBA Finals would be any World Series wherein the Yankees play. I would also add, I don't know if my soul and or spirit can take it matchup would be the Chicago Cubs versus the Cleveland baseball team. I don't know if I would be able to deal with that. Um, I also would be very excited to see the Colorado Rockies play the Boston Red Sox. I also think the most likely winner of the World Series, despite not make it making it into any of my predictions until this most recent one, is the Boston Red Sox. So let's see what happens. I'm excited about this postseason, and I kind of feel as though I don't have a horse in the race, despite being a Dodger fan. I kind of am just like, let's see what, fi- what happens, man. Let's just see. Let's see what goes on. Let's see how this turns out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Three Swings with Rhea Butcher. I am Rhea Butcher. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher. There's an RSS feed. There's all kinds of Apple podcasts, all that stuff. iTunes, all those places. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out with our numbers and apparently gets us into Apple keynotes. So keep doing that. (laughs) please Um, also spread the word tell one person if you think they might like this podcast tell them to listen they might like it and then they can tell somebody else let's keep this grassroots movement going Um, please check out all the folks that played on the U.S. women's national team support them follow them on Twitter talk about them buy their jerseys if you can very hard to find but let's do it Um, also Keep sending in those questions, comments, all that stuff. I really appreciate it. I love to keep the conversation going. Thank you again to everybody that listens to this show and likes it. I really love making it. It has been spotty. I apologize. It's just what's happening. But I'm going to keep making it because I like doing it. It's a lot of fun talking to you guys. It's a lot of fun hearing what you have to say. I really appreciate it a lot. And guess what? If you liked it, you liked it. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.